Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota Metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My new album, White Knuckle Life, as well as my other original records, are available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Also, consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by Brett Michaels. Respect the past. Dream the future. Live in the moment. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 47. Last week's gigs wrap-up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. It was gorgeous outside, but had to play inside due to a problem with mosquitoes. Oh, well, it was still fun. Two weeks left to the announcement of who wins the big Vegas trip. Thursday, Mr. Brian K. Johnson and myself jammed out at Lucky's 13 in Burnsville, Minnesota. It was an absolutely beautiful night out in the patio. Started out kind of slow, so him and I rehearsed some of the 80s songs I've been working on. Then we had a group of bikers show up, and so we kicked in our biker set with Marshall Tucker Band, ZZ Top, stuff like that. Went great. Friday, I played a solo show at Ingredients in White Bear Lake, Minnesota. With so much going on in the city, such as the State Fair, etc., I thought it'd be pretty dead, but nope, it was a solid full show. And Rebecca's usual request of 10 cc's, I'm not in love, went off without a hitch. Saturday, Mr. Brian Keith Johnson and myself rocked out at JJ's Pub at Commander Bar in Breezy Point, Minnesota. It was the Johnson's Birthday Bash. Of course, sponsored by Epic Auto out of Jenkins, Minnesota, and it was a blast. A big thanks to our friend Nikki for helping bring home the night with some classic cheap trick. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, September 7th, 2016, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. Friday, September 9th, I'll be playing a solo show at Nova in Hudson, Wisconsin from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Saturday, September 10th, Mr. Brian Johnson, Brian Ricochet Leger, and myself will be jamming out at a private show in Balsam Lake, Wisconsin. Guest this week is part one of four with popular singer-songwriter and The Voice TV show standout, Kat Perkins. We discuss Bloody Caesars, true crime podcasts, 80s rock, the song Drive, Etc. Enjoy the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kat Perkins, welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. How have you been? 
Oh my gosh, I've been so good. That's Thanks good. for having me. This is so cool. Well, I appreciate you coming out here. We're here in beautiful Bloomington, Minnesota at Lucky's 13, yes. where I've played a million times. This is kind of one of your hangouts, this huh? This is my favorite spot, um, and I like their food, and the atmosphere is really cool. I'm, I'm a Lucky's girl. That's awesome. Can I ask what that drink was again? We're having a just kind of an afternoon cocktail we here, BS and it's um it's a bloody Caesar. Now I don't know if you remember this, but I'm originally from North Dakota. Yeah, from Scranton. From Scranton, North, North Dakota. Yep. So and I, I I deem this maybe a North Dakota thing, maybe not the bloody Caesar, but Clamato is the North Dakota way. Okay. We drink beer with Clamato. So this is like a, a Bloody Mary, but it's made with Clamato. Nice. <laughs> Vodka and Clamato. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to try one of those sometime. You should. you should patent that for sure. Absolutely. So we were just discussing uh, podcasts and how I got started in it. And you were thinking about doing one as well yes. for possibly for the voice. I think that's yeah. a great idea. I mean, here's the thing. I love my music, right? Obviously, that's me and that's what I do, but it's also what I do. So yeah. at the same time, when I like to decompress or, or take road trips, sometimes music is too much for me yeah. because I'm going to be performing at night or whatever. So podcasts have been my thing. And I love to listen to it in the car and just after a show when my ears are burned from music. I love the podcast. I agree. I listen to them constantly. Me too. So we're talking about our favorite true crime ones. Yeah. So what was your favorite ones? Okay, so well, cereal, yep. you know, and that's the trendy one. From This American Life and WBEZ Chicago, it's cereal. One story told week by week. I'm Sarah Koenig. Um, and then the spinoff from Serial came Undisclosed, which was a couple of lawyers, three lawyers, that sort of delved into the Adnan Syed case yeah. um, and uncovered a lot of things. Um, and it was very lawyer-based, and it's very, the jargon is very, you have to like law. Yeah. Um, and then Bob Ruff did one called Truth and Justice. Okay. And now he's got another episode out, and so he's taking on different um, crime stories and talking about... Um, a lot of youth injustice and, you know, the Innocence Project and trying to get these people, f you know, freed from their wrongful convictions. Okay. I love it. Very cool. I'm a nerd. Uh, ones I recommend is definitely that Generation Y one. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. I've it's, heard uh, this. Yeah, it's super. It's a creepy one. And then uh, my favorite one nowadays, I think, is called The Last Podcast on the Left. <laughs> And it's kind of these comedy guys, but they, they take over these murder stories. They kind of joke around about it. Oh, fun. But... I listen to it when I take my dog to the dog park <laughs> on headphones. So you kind of you're walking in the woods and stuff. You think everybody's like gonna kill you or something. You start living it. You start it's living just what weird. You're yeah, but I don't know podcast. Anyway, so thank this. you again for coming on. Well, the now show. my new favorite one is your podcast. So oh, yeah, we have to get people to listen. To. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, thanks for doing it. I sure appreciate it. Um, I think I opened for you when you were Scarlet yes. Haze. Twenty years ago, we just at the talked fine about line. this. The fine line, definitely, at least a couple times. Yes, it was when with the whiskey roses. It was, it was with the whiskey roses, yeah. Which I just remembered on the way here. I was like, oh, it was the whiskey roses. Yep, yep. Do you that still was do that? Time. Do you still have that band? I'm mostly doing uh, solo, duo, and trio stuff. Got it. 
Um, I did a bunch of Nashville songwriting stuff for years and kind of yeah. came back, got interested. And I'm still playing music full time. It's been like oh, 15 see, you're years. You're living the dream. Yeah. You are living the dream. Um, how many gigs do you play in like a month? Oh, man. Well, it's probably not as many as you would think, but it's probably upwards of like 15-ish. Okay. On different levels. So I do a lot of different aspects. We do the big rock show, which I still love. You yeah. Know, that's how we met. Um, I still have that aspect to my company, but I also do public speaking. I wanted to ask about that yeah, for so sure. I do a lot of keynote speaking for corporations. I do a lot of keynote speaking for schools, which always includes a mini concert. So I, I include that in my number of how many gigs I play. Um, and then also we do acoustic stuff, and we do a lot of um, intimate things like private shows, uh, fundraisers. We just did an awesome intimate um, night with Kat Perkins basically to do to raise money for children's cancer research. And it was my second year being involved with them. And it's it's insane. It's so much fun. And it's kind of a different thing than what we normally do. Like if uh, when we go out and open up for Brett Michaels, we do the big full rock show. But to be in a room and be able to just sing with a, an acoustic piano behind me and guitar, it's, it's a fun, cool thing. I'm sure you feel the same way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's so different and cool. So at these acoustic shows, I'd call, or the, the broke-down shows, yeah. are you playing most of your original stuff, like off yeah. your latest records? Yeah. Or are you, are you doing any cover songs? Yeah, we still do some covers. What's your um, favorite covers to do? Well, being from, you know, The Voice now, yeah. I, it's been two years since The Voice, almost to the day. And a lot of people still request a lot of the songs that I sang on there, uh, like open chan arms. Chandelier Open Arms, especially when we're doing acoustic. Yeah. Um, Chandelier was such a big favorite of theirs. Um, Stevie also Nicks one. Stevie Nicks, we do Landslide. Um, and a lot of people request Barracuda. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's sometimes that we joke around that people just come to see me sing Barracuda. Oh, <laughs> gosh. You know, I love singing my original stuff, and that's who I am. I'm still a songwriter and artist first, but it is fun to connect with my audience on things that they know. Yeah. Um, even if it's just for a moment in a set, uh, it's, it's great to, to do the things that they love in the old and the old classics and you know what that's how i learned to sing that's how i got influenced by music were these different artists so it's yeah. nice to cover them very very cool um have you ever seen heart in concert at i all? have not can you believe it i think they're like mid they're mid 60s they're still rocking i heard and everybody that goes so every time they come near us here in minneapolis i'm always working and having a show so i haven't gotten to see that they were in North Dakota one night at a casino, and I was completely doing a show of my own. So I've never been able to see them. I've it never, never seen them either. Sturgis weekend is done. Yes. You were out in Sturgis again this mm -hmm. year, right? Um, how many years have you worked out there? <laughs> this was my 12th year in Sturgis. 12th year. I kept joking with everyone when I would say that. They'd say, oh, my gosh, how old are you? And I was, I'd be like, no, I can't answer that. But ah. let me tell you, I started doing the, the rally when I was, like, 15. So do the math. No. <laughs> wow. But that's a lie, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you play at this, is it the Easy, Easy Riders place yeah, you they, play at? Yeah, they did change their name this year to the Iron Horse Saloon. But Iron it was Horse. formerly the Easy Riders. Okay. We were full throttle babies forever. We played the full throttle saloon for eight of those 12 years. And then... 
And then things just changed. They did the reality show out there, and they didn't feature uh, as many up-and-coming bands and original artists, um, regional, whatever we call ourselves. So we had to find another place, and we were lucky enough to land on Easy Riders, which was originally the Broken Spoke. So it went from Broken Spoke to Easy Riders. Now it's the Iron Horse. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How did you get that gig in the first place out there? Just by, well, okay, actually it's a funny story. Um, do you know Jasmine Kane? Jasmine Kane is, is sort of a, a regional artist, although she's more based out of like, South Dakota, Colorado, Tennessee. Like, she has another region that she does. And she had been doing biker rallies for, oh, my God, since she was very, very young. And they had some sort of trouble back in 2005, either with their car or they were held up here in Minneapolis and they couldn't get to the rally that year, 2005. So they called me because I knew her from just hanging around bands. Yeah. And she's like, will you go take my slots? And so I did. Nice. And the rest is history. So I have Jasmine Kane to thank for that. Well, that's awesome. Do you bike out there? You know what? I have never. I have ridden on, on the back of several bikes out there. Yeah. I've never ridden one out there. I don't own one at the time right now, so it's impossible for me to take one out there. And I've never rented when we got there because I've gotten so busy during the day. Yeah. But, but I do usually throw that throw it out there at my shows that I'm very willing to be on the back of a bike. And by the end of the show, I usually have a few invitations. Nice. <laughs> so Sturgis, that's got to be a crazy crowd out it's there. crazy. What is, out of the 12 years you've worked out there, can you tell one story <laughs> of the craziness you've seen out there with all them crazy bikers? Oh, man. I mean, I've I've got several, but <laughs> I think I think the crazy stuff has happened mostly at like where I've seen it is maybe like Buffalo Chip, where we were just hanging out, and you see they they had this thing called the Naked Parade. Yeah, <laughs> I think they still have it. I, I'm sure your listeners will be able to tell you. Um, Yikes! And at night they and the Glen Glencoe Campground had it as well. And at night they would you just it's just a naked parade. That is exactly what it is. But in order for people to pay attention to your your entry into the parade, there's a lot of things that happen that are, you imagine it and it's happening. Wow. <laughs> we'll have to check that out. It gets sure. a little naughty. And, and sometimes I appreciate seeing the naughty because it reminds me of the old school biker party that it originated as. Yeah. You know, I mean, it got very corporate over the years, but... There's still that old school aspect that exists out there. If you hang around long enough, you'll see it and you'll appreciate it. And it's really fun. And let me just add, by the way, that those bikers and the, that community and the people that attend that rally are the most loyal, awesome people that stick with me all throughout the year. I mean, I'll, I'll have people coming to my shows saying, I saw you in Sturgis. And I'll have people that hire me because they saw me in Sturgis. So it's always worth it. And it's such a great time. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I know I wanted to ask you about Sturgis. I know that's a big thing you do it's every huge. year. Yeah. Uh, someone you just brought up, uh, Brett Michaels. I'm a big 80s hair rock yeah. fan, huge. 
you were singing with Brett Michaels recently yes. on stage with him, right? Did he call you up? Yes. So back in the Scarlet Haze days, let me just re- reiterate. I used to, my old band where we met was called Scarlet Haze. Yeah. And that originated in its height between 2005 and 2011-ish, 12-ish. It's it's still not dead. We we never said we quit. So we we just had a show last year. But that's that's how it, I originated sort of in the Minneapolis area. So we played with Brett Michaels a ton, probably upwards of 10 times during okay. that span of years. So when we got the opportunity back in the beginning of August to open up for him as my solo act, I was like, absolutely. And the great thing about Brett Michaels is that he doesn't forget. Like, he's he has some sort of photographic memory or something, but he... He, he knew my name. He remembered who I was. He remembered my band, Scarlet Hayes. Like, that's the kind of dude he is. Wow. And it's really fun. And it's every time we, we play with him, he's always like, get on stage with me. And it always happens. So it's pretty cool. What song do you usually sing with well, him? Well, normally I usually sing Nothing But A Good Time. Yeah. But this time I was just standing and having, like, watching him. And, and he called me up for... Sweet Home Alabama, oh, okay. which he turned into Sweet Home Minnesota, which was really cool. Okay, and and so I sang with him on that. And are you a Poison fan from way back? I'm a huge Poison fan. Can you name your favorite Poison song? Unskinny Bop. Unskinny Bop, <laughs> off their flesh and blood yes. record. Yes, and I'll, I remember that because, and that's my favorite, because my sister, who's a little older than I, she's like four years older, she she would drive me to school, and her first car was the Chevy Celebrity, if anybody remembers this. They were very boxy, square, compact cars. And it had a tape, and hers had a tape player. And we were so excited that we had a tape player in the car, and so she bought the single of Unskinny Bob, cassette tape. And so we jammed to that to school, and that's why it became my fave. Oh, it's a great <laughs> song, great band. My favorite is Fallen Angel. Mm. That's a really and good one, And it's a too. bummer because I do still cover the song. You do. No one knows it. It's a lost Poison classic, unless oh, you're a diehard see? Poison fan, which is too bad. we got to keep that stuff alive. Yeah, we do. We do. It's good stuff. And it's you know, the best. it'll all come back around. And I feel like some, even some songs I hear now have that sort of influence to it. And Brett's, uh, Brett still has it, man. He can still sing. Like, his voice is amazing. And beyond that is that he's a great performer. Yeah. Like, he engages the audience. And the stories that he tells about his grandfather teaching him this and that. And, like, you're, you're completely entertained the entire time. Last time I saw him, he was, like, passing out, like, cases of Budweiser or I'm something sure. to the audience. He's, like, he's all about having the experience and having a great time. And that's why he still works to this day. Wow. So. Um, I saw you open up for, I mean, we're totally off track. I'm going to go. That's it's totally fine, cool. Just go um, <laughs> I saw you open for another one of my favorite 80s hair bands of all time, Cinderella. Oh, At the Medina. Man.
did you have? It sounded great. I think you had some new hard rock re- record out or we a new did. single out. We had um, the, the Reach Down song. Yep, the Reach Down and the Scarlet Hayes record that that was on. Did you have any inter- interaction with those boys? Absolutely. Yep. They you did, did. They did the longest sound check in the world. So, so I watched it, and then after they were done, I um I I talked to them and. Very peculiar thing. To um, Tom Kiefer, the yeah, main guy? Yeah, so Tom, okay, at the time, if you know my story a little bit, I, I had a lot of vocal trouble back in... I was going to ask you about that, too, yeah. yeah. And I ended up having surgery, ultimately, but right before it all tanked, I was seeing a voice therapist, and and I was trying to just repair my voice without surgery. Well, come to find out, that was impossible, because I actually had a cyst on my left vocal cord. Ugh. We didn't know that at the time, so... My speech therapist would come on the road with me. So he would come, and he came to that show at the Medina. And he knew Tom's speech therapist, who also travels with him. Because Tom sings in these, like, ridiculous registers, right? And and he's been doing it for years. And so there's just a, a certain amount of vocal fatigue and uh, muscle fatigue that happens, especially and with age, too. So... He travels with his his therapist or his you know coach whatever he calls him. So they knew each other. Wow. So then I got to talk to Tom and we were talking about vocal warm ups and I was explaining to him how much trouble I was having and you know I didn't know how he did it for so long and he sings so high and he still has it, man. He still has it. I know he does, it's and amazing. I think that he the like the left side of his vocals or whatever was paralyzed yes. for years he had, and he couldn't sing at all. Yes. And. Then he finally got it back, so I wanted to see him, and that night he sounded great. No, when I saw him, they did their sound check, and then he warmed up his voice for over an hour. I read that, and that's true. Yeah, oh yeah. Why? I'd be shot after. Actually, used the same room that he did right after him to do my warm ups, but I know, I kept thinking I would be shot after doing 60 or 90 minutes of warm up, and I usually do about 25 minutes. That's kind of my regiment. Wow. Um, what was he doing for warm up? Just do re me yeah, stuff? Just or? beep, 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 like constant, and all these different vowels and sounds, and yeah. But he got it back, and, and there's reason why he did, and he works hard to keep it there. Yeah. So people don't realize it's a workout. I mean, it's a muscle. Oh, like big you, time. you, you have to keep it plumped up, or you're, you're done. <laughs> yeah, I always heard it was like your vocals are like a speaker that if it, it gets is. like if it gets blown or distorted, that's just not good for it. Just not like anything good. else. And it, and the best thing you can do is keep elongating those muscles in your it because they're it's a vocal fold and it takes a lot of vocalizing and weird sounds to do that. People look at me like I'm nuts backstage doing all my warm ups, but you have to do it. Yeah. Um, are you a ice in the water person or no ice in your water no singer? No ice in the water singer for sure. Okay. Like it and it's it's sort of a science. Like even my therapist would tell me, don't do that. Like you it will stun you. But when it's ninety degrees, sometimes all you want is that ice in the water. Yeah. But you just think about your muscles after after you've ran. I mean some people do like to stick it in ice, but it's stunning. It's stunning to your muscles to stick them in ice. Therefore, the warm temperature, the room temperature water. <laughs> okay. Although people think I'm a diva for it, but. Yeah, sometimes you know. I guess for sure. Like, do you want ice or no ice? You know, whatever. <laughs> no ice, please. What's some other your favorite 80s guys you've opened up for or worked with? Um, Lita Ford was kind of a big deal for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was at Halfway Jam in 2000, man, I don't know, 11 maybe. How does she sound nowadays? She's amazing. And she can play guitar. You know, like I, I envy those, especially women that have mastered the guitar and singing and playing like Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm. Like it's amazing to see a girl play guitar and sing. And so that was very impressive with Lita. Um, and she's got that gravel. And, I, I, you know, if you think about how she sounded when she first came out, You'd think, how did she keep her voice up like that? But that's just sort of how she is. And and I love her. So that was a very cool thing for me. What's your favorite Lita Ford song? Oh, I don't know. Is she the one that did the duet with Ozzy, yeah, If I Close My Eyes Forever? I close my eyes. Yes. So after you had the vocal, were they, were they nodes then? It wasn't. The, my, they, we treated my voice issues as though it was nodes. Um, but after... <laughs> this is going to sound so heartstringy, but I didn't have enough money or insurance at the time to have the proper x-ray or scope is what they call it. And so I was just seeing a voice therapist and he was treating it as, as though it was nodes because that's what it sounded like. Once I saved up enough money uh, to have the proper scope, then when they stuck a camera down my throat, they found that I had a tumor, like a, a tumor the size of my pinky nail sitting on my vocal cord. <laughs> Oh, boy. And if you know your vocal cords, they're tiny. So anything the size of your pinky sitting on there, it's very painful. And it's, it's, it's weird. Like, I felt always like I was choking, you know. So that's, that was very alarming to everyone after we figured out. Wow. And, of course, when they find out you have a tumor sitting there, the in, your first reaction is, oh, my gosh, is this cancer? And, and so that whole scary thing happened. And they were able to biopsy right away to know that it wasn't. But... It was a cyst. Some people get them on their wrists. Some people get them on their shoulders. Some people get them on their face or their jaw. Or, okay. And I had one on my stupid vocal cords. As a singer. Like it's probably the worst thing that could possibly that can happen besides, you know, having your voice completely gone. But, yeah, a cyst, a random cyst. Oh, my God. It's insane. So you didn't get it from singing. I did not get it from singing. I wish, it, I wish, I, I wish that I had because... It seemed to me that I could fix it that way if I had gotten it from overuse or yelling or singing. But no, it was just an accumulation of cells that happened randomly on my vocal Wow. I used to carry around the picture in my pocket. I don't have it anymore with me, but it was I would show people what was happening in my vocal folds. And it was disgusting. It was like a big white tumor. It was disgusting. It was so gross, and it was so painful. So when you, when you had surgery... Did your voice change at all, the sound? Yes, yes, it did. I, I, to me, it changed a lot. Um, to my listeners, I don't, you know, my friends didn't notice, but I gained a lot of ground, like, range-wise. I gained a lot more ground on the top end um, of singing. But I also lost a few notes on the top. So when I, when I was, I started training classically as a teenager so when I was singing arias and, and operatic stuff I could sing way up in the rafters and and that's just gone but in the rock world in the pop world I gained about a half an octave on the top end huh. of it to be able to belt and and sing those high notes so it's a blessing it was awesome I, I feel like all but one downfall um, like I said I'm from North Dakota and I actually was known as a, as a yodeler for a while. <laughs> I 
Like, I I had this little show where I was a, a, a yodeler, like a cowgirl yodeler that wow. tap danced. I know. Super weird. But after I had surgery, they took a, it took away my ability to actually yodel because it perfected it so much that I... I'd have to, I mean, I think I would have to teach myself a way to do it again because it, it's just gone. It's gone. <laughs> wow. Well, Is that's, an, that's, another, that's another good idea for a podcast, you know. Yeah. You know, Kat Perkins teaches how to yodel. How to learn yodel. with Learn, learn how to with yodel. her as she reteaches herself after surgery. Subscribe <laughs> on iTunes every week. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, Kat, well, thanks for being on the Mark Stereo Music you. Podcast. Do you mind sticking around for another episode or two? I would love it. Okay. Uh, every week I do a story behind the song segment. And uh, can I ask you is can I ask you about the single Drive? Yes. Um, off your 2015 record yes. of the same name, I yes. believe. But there's a bunch of other cool songs on there too. Yeah. We'll feature another one on another episode. But uh, do you mind telling us about the song yes. and the cool video too? Yes. So Drive. Drive was I wanted a song. Um, uh, when I was young, again in North Dakota, <laughs> I keep bringing it up. When it became like summertime, school was letting out. Our favorite thing to do back in that day was to drive around and we did what we called taking mains and we would drive around and and just do u-turns at each end of main street and that's what we did for fun and so we would crank the music and what i wanted to do was write that song that the kids would you know roll down their windows turn it up real loud and sing and have fun and just be the summer song of 2015 so that became drive nice where did you record that at Drive was recorded in a bunch of places, um, mainly in Minneapolis at Flowers Studio. Um, a lot of it was done in Nashville at just a home studio. And then it was mixed and mastered in California by Paul David Hager. And he's he like works with Miley Cyrus and a bunch of big stars. Awesome. Who's amazing. And um, and yeah, and produced by Eric Warner out of the cities. So and he's my guitar player as well. That's so, excellent. Yeah. In the studio, do you take a lot of takes? Or are you one and done kind of person or Yeah. I I split up the song a lot. So I do like three takes of each verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and we kinda take from there. Yeah. But recently I've been doing like singing the song down. You get a cool uh, aspect either way, whether you're repeating yourself a lot or if you're just taking it on one down. Like yeah. I rehearse enough before I go in there to be able to do it either way. But okay. I love the studio. Sounds good. Kat Perkins, thank you so much for being thank on the podcast. You. Please tune in for next week's part two. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you or your business are interested in sponsoring this podcast, please contact me via email at markstarymusic at gmail.com. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time.
can hold. All the girls are tricks and the boys are treats. I wanna feel. 